guys. Welcome back to the First Down Fantasy Podcast. This is our seventh episode. Today, we're here with Mr. Anderson. Hey, nice to meet you, Master. Be on the podcast today, guys. Thanks for having me. So, Mr. Anderson is a teacher here at Doherty Valley High School. You can follow uh, me at, on Instagram at underscore Rickens, um, Lucas at lucas.quick with two Ks, and Mr. Anderson. You can email him if you have any questions. Uh, we have a guest speaker form up as well, and we're also um, posting questions if you would like to discuss them here on the podcast. So, Mr. Anderson, you do play fantasy football, so how's your league like? My league's pretty good. We got a, we've had a league for the last probably 10 years or so with all my friends from college. It's a good way for us to stay in contact and uh, we take it pretty seriously. We uh, met up in Vegas before to do our draft and things like that and had parties and whatnot. So yeah, it's been a good time. Yeah, how many people are in your league? We have uh, 10 teams in our league. So the guys have been sticking with it for quite some time. And PPR or non-PPR? Um, we vary. Each Whoever wins is the new commissioner each year, and they get to make oh, some okay. slight rule changes. So if they want to go PPR, they can go PPR. If they want to make, you know, for example, the commissioner this year made extra points for touchdowns over 40 and 50 yards. So you get extra, like, two points or something like that for a big blowout place. That's actually cool. Yeah. Um, what's your team's record for this season? I am 6-0, and oh, but after today I'll be 6-1. and one. So okay, I'll take my well. first loss this week. Due to playing Jamar Chase. Are you first then in your league? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's nice. Yeah. So, you want to go over my team some? Yeah, your players. Yeah, so big play guy, Lamar Jackson and Marquise Brown. They've carried my team a few weeks, especially in some of those overtime games when Lamar's been able to get me more points. Got Travis Kelsey. I picked up uh, Fournette early in the season right after the draft um, or late in the draft because I figured he'd have a breakout season having a second year in the offense. Um, Joe Mixon. He's one of my running backs. I've had him in the past. He's always kind of been uh, hit or miss, but I always pick him up because he actually played at Freedom High School and I coach high school football and I played against him or coached against him, I should say. So it's always kind of cool to have a hometown hero on the team. And luckily for me, the Bengals have been tearing it up this year. So. Right. Um, and have you set any players for waiver wire for this week? No, I don't, I don't usually set waiver wire guys. I usually like, I drop my guys and I pick up a, a couple dudes if I have like guys going IR or running backs or people that like go down where I know they have a major role and they're gonna have to pull up someone. For example, like you guys mentioned last week, the Dearness Johnson or whatever his name is from the Browns, I'll pick up a guy like that. Yeah, he did really well last week. So Lucas's predictions are nice. Yeah, I, but um, smart me on Thursday, I thought I had started Dearness Johnson on my flex position in my leagues and I never did. So I left 25 points on the bench. I luckily still came out with the win but it was still pretty painful watching that game, realizing that I started T. Higgins over Dearness Johnson in my flex position, which wasn't the best idea ever, but I, luckily I still came out with the victory this week. Okay, so for players coming off IR, because we're talking about picking those players up, mm -hmm. um, there's two players coming off IR. So last week we talked about Rashad Penny, how he was coming off IR, except he did it last week. He is this week, though. Probably. So if you have him still in free agency or on the waiver wire, I'd recommend to pick him up. Then the second player we can talk about is Jerry Judy. So Jerry Judy's been on my team in injured reserve. However, he is going to come back for week eight. And I think he can immediately jump back into the wide receiver one role, um, even if Cortland Sutton and Tim Patrick are there. Uh, I think he could do really well this week. Great matchup. What are you guys' thoughts? Uh, I think Jerry Judy is going to be hopefully some help for that Broncos team in general. They've really been struggling struggling at recent time after going 3-0. They're now like 3-4, I think, after losing four straight. 
Um, Judy's still got a lot to prove, but he's a very versatile receiver. He's already proved that he could be one of the best route runners in the league coming into his second season. I think Judy can definitely bounce back, and I definitely think the stock of Cortland's son, and if he picked up uh, Tim Patrick like I did last week, their stock will definitely go down. Um, I don't know how reliable Judy would be off just yet. I could see him taking it a little bit slowly on Judy, just because he could be their future receiver. So I don't know how big of a risk they'll be willing to take and how high of a snap count he will get this week. I would may say Judy would be my top 30 receivers, but I'm not 100% confident. In yeah, so he was cleared to practice last weekend. This week he's going against Washington, which their defense has been struggling as of late. Um, also, it's a Halloween game, so I'd recommend everyone see that on Halloween. Yeah, I'm going to be out on Judy. Yeah, I think if you've got reliable receivers, you should stick with them. I don't feel the same way about Washington's defense. I feel like their pass rush is going to come alive, especially against a struggling Broncos team, right? Um, the Broncos' only wins have come off of crap teams, right? Like yeah, the Jets and things like that. So whenever they played quality teams, and although I wouldn't consider Washington like a quality team, I still think they have a quality defense, right? I think they put a lot of pressure on Teddy Bridgewater. And in those cases, coming off, they're going to they're gonna have a limited snap count for Judy as well. So it's like taking that into consideration, I just I think I'd wait at least a week to see how he does. If this is the game Washington's defense wants to prove that they are still an elite defense, even though they're ranked one of the worst defenses in the league at the current moment, this has to be the game. Because the reason why we had some people had Washington really high going into the season was because of their defense. And their defense has disappointed probably probably one of the biggest disappointments of the entire season has been how awful Washington's defense has been this week. But and then this season, actually. But, I mean, last week they did get an island, but it is Aaron Rodgers at the end of the day. Hopefully they can bounce back because the Broncos are just... Yeah, just... but I do I do slightly agree with what Mr. Anderson said because their defense can come back against a bad Broncos offense. I think it's possible. I'd still consider starting Judy unless you have good wide receivers, your regular starters. But if you have players on bye, I'd recommend looking into Yeah, them. totally. I think he's a, a wide receiver three flex option for yeah. sure. Um, let's talk about Randall Moore. Yeah, Rondell Moore. So I picked him up in my league because in our league too, we get points for kick and punt returns. So if you have a guy doing those things, I noticed after week one, he was only owned in like 10% of leagues and he's their primary punt returner. And the Cardinals have been pushing special teams and, and those extra yards. And he's really a deep ball threat, a big ball threat. And so he's really a boomer bust guy. I put him in there because I had a bunch of guys on bye week this week. Didn't pay off, but in past weeks, um, he's had some, you know, big play potential where he's had, you know, 114, you know, 50, 60, 20, two, three, four catches. So if you're looking for that wide receiver three, um, he does have potential, especially in a possible shootout versus Green Bay this week. I think Rana Moore, Moore might be one of the more talented receivers in this draft class coming into this season. But he's kind of been left out in the dust as of late of time because they do have DeAndre Hopkins and now they got AJ Green and of course tagging along my favorite Eagles tight end yeah. to exist, Zach Ertz. So I think Rondell Moore's workload, it's not heading into the right direction for him. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think if this is if if there's one game that he will break out, it would most likely be this game. But he's a really big boomer bust guy. And I'd actually have him as one of my more drop worthy players this week just because of how consistent A.J. Green's been as of time. And I do think DeAndre Hopkins' target share will increase a little bit more week by week. Unless you have, like Mr. Anderson's league, um, punt returns counting as points, yeah, I absolutely. wouldn't recommend starting him. Also, we mentioned Zach Ertz. There's also uh, Christian Kirk. 
then there's obviously DeAndre Hopkins. And they have some pass catching backs too. I agree that with the addition of like uh, Zach Ertz, it makes it difficult. And like moving forward, it's like he's a wide receiver four option. You know, yeah. I'm kind of curious. So Chase Evans has not gone a single touchdown yet as of this season. It's very interesting because Chase Edmonds, when Kenny and Drake, who was a former Cardinal last year, and I had I was one of those guilty Drake owners who wasted a second round pick on him. But when he was injured, like Chase Edmonds was a guy that you needed to pick up because he showed like talent. But I feel like the Cardinals haven't been incorporating him well enough. I know they got Kyler Murray, who might be one of the top MVP candidates, not even the top. And they got James Conner in that backfield. But I do think uh, Chase Edmonds is one of those guys that have a big question mark on their head. Like, what would happen if he had a higher workload? Because in this first week, well, I remember he, he got a pretty solid workload, but he just they haven't get, given him any red zone touches yet. And hopefully that will change if you're a Chase Edmonds owner. Because he's got a lot of talent, but so does the rest of the Cardinals team, and that might be the reason why he's outshadowed. But do you think he will bounce back this season? I feel like Chase Edmonds is this season's um, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire from last season because he has all the yards, he has the touches, he just has the touchdown drought that we've seen. Uh, last week, James Conner did get a touchdown or two. I'm not sure which, but I know he got a few. Um, instead of Chase Edmonds getting any, and it's kind of – weird but i would stick with chase Edmonds um because as long as he gets the targets as long as he gets the yards the touchdowns will follow and if they don't you still get points from those like yards that chase Edmonds is putting up yeah i feel like he's more in like the james white category for me where like former patriot where he, he's going to be touchdown reliant i feel like at some of those pass catching touchdowns and things like that when you have a quarterback like kyler murray any running quarterback i have lamar jackson and i don't have any like running backs in the like ravens because those running quarterbacks are going to cut in that like into their shares and in their especially in the red zone, right? I'm a Niners fan with Trey Lance. It's like, like he's like it would, he's injured right now, but Trey Lance was cutting into everyone's actual value because he'd go in the red zone and then have an RPO for a touchdown, you know, one carry for one touchdown. So something to think about for Cardinals and other running backs like that. So we can talk about trade uh, trade candidates, or we can talk about the Niners matchup because we're both Niners fans. I was really disappointed last week. I'm actually happy about last week because when we look back at our predictions, I was the only one that was actually perfect, even if we only did two. But I was the lone person that said the Colts would beat the Niners. It's looking good on my end, but it's definitely not looking good on your guys' end right now. Cause... Yeah, because I'm a biased Niners fan, so I'm not going to go against my team, even if I was doubting them. There's still a matchup this Monday, though, so we still have to see who wins based off of that. We both voted for the Saints, so either way, I'll still be undefeated at the end of the day. I don't think Geno Smith is going to be able to beat the Saints. Honestly, I don't. I don't want to be that hater, but also need Kamara to give me fourteen and a half points. So my Saints bias this week is even Same. higher I than need, usual. I need Callaway and Winston to get me nineteen plus points in order to win my mm. matchup. So possible. Be difficult. Yeah. Yeah, I don't really want to talk about the game. It's disappointing. Niners have a disappointing season. I'm full in start Trey Lance mode. Might as well. If we're gonna lose with Jimmy, you might as well lose with Trey. So. I guess you guys yep, kept it close. Eagles got smoked in like. We had one good drive and that was it. The Eagles are just like a bonfire right now, and I don't know what's going on. It feels like it feels like the Chip Kelly era when we had Sam Bradford and we just literally have no idea what we're supposed to do. That Raiders game was just like the clear definition of like what are we supposed to do right now? Because like as every game always, it looks like that we brought it close, but it was just garbage time touchdowns, and that's every single game. So. I mean, Jalen Hurts, he thank God for garbage time because he had nine points to me coming into the fourth quarter, and I was projected to lose in my league. But he finished off with 25 points, I think, somehow. And 
thanks to, thanks to that, I was still managing to get a win in my league. But it's been a, it's been a disappointing week for all three of us, honestly, and, yeah. and it has been all season. Yeah, people in my league were talking about how Jalen Hurts is the uh, back half or fourth quarter god in terms of yeah. getting a lot of fantasy <laughs> points and getting a lot of touchdowns and garbage time. Um, also for that game, I did start Kenyon Drake because I had my entire like starting lineup was on bench, either injured or on bye. So I started my two running backs were Kenyon Drake and Devontae Booker and both got a touchdown. So I'm kind of satisfied that at least that didn't backfire on me. Yeah, Devontae Freeman had only like seven carries and I put him as my last minute start, but that touchdown really, really helped me out there because that would have gave Kamara like a really awful position for him to get like 20 points this week, which is very likely, but I'm glad that Freeman was able to score. It was definitely not the outcome I was hoping for, for the whole Ravens team, honestly, in general. The Bengals are the Bengals are legit. I, I would put the Bengals as a top 10 team in the NFL now, especially just blowing out the Ravens in the second half. Uh, but should we talk about trading players now? Yeah, so I put trade for Julio Jones. Now, this is very disputed, but let me explain why I say this. It's because I see Julio Jones as the second half to A.J. Green because they're both veterans and they both Brown. have – Oh, no, A.J. Green. So, A.J. Brown, I'm t- for, like, the veteran, because oh, A.J. Okay. Green on um, the Bengals has been doing really well, and he's, like, a very experienced veteran. He's been a lot of years – sorry, Cardinals. He's yeah, I'm still in that old mindset. Um, <laughs> he's He's been doing really well in the Cardinals – even though he did switch teams to the Cardinals, mm. he has a new quarterback, and he's very experienced, very uh, old in terms of football, and he's still been getting a lot of yards. Now, Julio Jones is in the same predicament, except he hasn't been doing too well, and I think that's because of an injury. So I think a lot of fantasy owners are either willing to drop him right now or they're willing to trade him away. So I would trade for him by low and see if he can do anything once he recovers, especially since that Titans offense has been doing so well against the Chiefs and Bills. I think if he can be incorporated into that offense, that could generate a lot of fantasy points. Any thoughts on this, or why do you disagree with me? I don't. It's, it's, it's tough because Julio Jones was really the heart and soul of that Falcons offense, and which is crazy because the Falcons, I feel like they're kind of lost, especially as a Calvin Ridley owner, they kind of feel lost on how to use him. But I think Julio Jones is kind of out of his prime, and I think if he's willing to bounce back. I just think the highest expectation of him is finishing top 24, maybe top 20. But the Titans are heavily reliant on Derrick Henry. And I think the reason why they were able to take shots last week was just because of how bad this Chiefs secondary is. And I don't think we'll be able to see a huge A.J. Brown game like he had last week, which A.J. Brown's been disappointing until last week, pretty much. And I don't see any difference of Julio Jones becoming a consistent player as well, especially if A.J. Brown has been one of the most inconsistent receivers in the league. Uh, if you trade for Julio, I wouldn't trade away too much of him. I know he's a big name in the league, but he definitely, I definitely think he's out of his prime and those days are way gone. Yeah, I describe him as a fading star. I mean, you can't, his body of work is, you know, Hall of Fame worthy, but it's not just, it, it's it's where he went to, right? He chose to go to the Titans, which is not the Falcons he's been with, right? Falcons have Matt Ryan, shotgun, working a lot, you know, spreading the ball out. And he had a lot of volume. He's getting 10, 12 targets a game. You're just not going to give that to the Titans because they want to give the bulk of work to Derrick Henry to get him going. Everyone sees that get stronger throughout the game. So we're going to play action passes. And you see even A.J. Brown, he's mostly reliant on like, you know, like a set, like at least one 40, 30, you know, yard catch um, when he has those big games. So I just don't see the volume there, you know, for Julio moving forward. 
So I, I wouldn't trade for him. My, my big trade target, or you could sell high, would be Kyle Pitts right now. I think yeah. he's kind of come alive these last two weeks. If you have him and you don't think, you know, the schedule is going to be friendly moving forward, you can either sell high. I have him on my bench. I've never even started him once. I might sell high. And if you're in need of a tight end, you can go try to get him. Yeah, if you have, like, Travis Kelsey and another tight end, like Mr. Anderson has, I would recommend you sell that t- those tight ends that are doing well. I do have Kyle Pitts in another league. I also have Mark Andrews in that league. So I'm thinking of selling Mark Andrews but holding on to Kyle Pitts. Yeah. Um, but if you have, like, a good backup tight end, I would recommend selling that because that's basically the purpose of your backup tight end unless your, like, starting tight end is going to have a bye week in the future. Yeah. I have another rookie I'm actually interested in training for. I luckily – I've held on to him in both my leagues this season – and I'm waiting for that breakout game, which he which he partially had last Thursday, and that's Javante Williams. And I'm really I'm waiting for that second half breakout to come to him. I still think that they will have the split carries between Denver, but Javante Williams, he had a huge role in the pass catching game last week, which is completely shocking. He had seven catches, no, he had seven targets, six catches for 32 yards. And if and if Teddy Bridgewater and if Teddy Bridgewater gets hurt and Drew Locke is in that mix too. Javante Williams can not only be a consistent uh, 1A or 1B running back for the Broncos, he can also be like those guys that check down to. And Javante Williams, he's just a touchdown dependent, really. He gets to like six or seven points a game, but they start relying on Williams more than Gordon in the red zone, which I think there will be some time because Williams just seems like the more, uh, he's got more potential than Melvin Gordon as Melvin Gordon's getting older. I'm hoping Williams does break out a little more these next couple of weeks, especially I've been holding on to him. And even though I have Gibson, Kamara, and uh, James Robinson in one league, I think Williams can really be a guy you could trade for, but also buy low for him as well for the rest of the season. I have another pickup guy, waiver wire if you like. Uh, I got picked up Rashad Bateman when he got hurt preseason. I put him on my IR and I just stashed him there. He's been active the last two weeks. He's only rostered 19%. And he hasn't had a big breakout game, but he's been targeted six times in both games, right? And they're going into a bye week with Baltimore. But then they're coming out of that bye week on a week like Minnesota Vikings team, right? That's like struggling in a lot of games and things. And for me, it, it's showing that he is being targeted. He is getting open. And he is that option for Lamar Jackson. So it's worth a pickup if you if you have like just an extra spot on your bench to see what he does, in my opinion, because he's going to start getting more targets. He's going to start making those catches. And if he makes, you know, he's only had two or three catches on six targets. If that turns into four or five catches on that, then he has a breakout game. Another play I'm also interested in waiver wire is Kenneth Gainwell. He's the Eagles uh, RB2. And even Boston Scott, honestly, too, just put him on the bench because uh, Miles Sanders' injury is undetermined right now. I think it's an ankle sprain for the time being. There's no date on when he's going to return. He might be fine, and he might be back next week against the Lions. But Kenneth Gainwell, I've been – I actually – I was scouting him out through the drafts, and I was actually happy the Eagles snagged him in the fourth or fifth round. And it kind of reminds me of Darren Sproles. He kind of plays that role. Darren Sproles, where he gets the pass-catching game. And he's honestly shown some potential. I mean, not running back one potential, obviously. But it all depends on how how good Nick Sirianni feels about the running game. Because obviously the Eagles clearly don't know how to run the ball all season long, which has been driving me nuts. But I think Gainwell can be like an RB4 maybe, but just a good guy to have on the bench if Miles Sanders is out for two to three weeks, which is very possible. Okay, so a trade away candidate I have, which is also disputed, is Mike Evans because he has been inconsistent for the past like three seasons or more than that. Uh, this season, slightly inconsistent, except he's been doing better than previous seasons because he's been consistently getting those red zone targets and consistently getting a lot of touchdowns. Last week, he had three touchdowns, but he also had, I believe, 60 yards. 
which is kind of a small amount of yards in terms of a blowout performance, but like he still got three touchdowns. So maybe he got like 30 fantasy points for your team. However, I'd still be aware of starting him on a week to week basis because when those like red zone targets stop in a difficult matchup or if Brady decides to pass touchdowns to other players, your team or your wide receiver spot will be screwed for that week and you may lose your matchup just because Mike Evans doesn't perform like he normally does. I definitely agree about trading with Mike Evans. And he kinda he's like the more talented version of Adam Thielen. They're both they both get a high workload in the red zone, but I don't think Mike Evans is gonna have a three touchdown game like he did like yesterday against the Bears. And I definitely agree on trading him away because they didn't even have Antonio Brown or Rob Gronkowski yesterday. So there's so Brady is definitely going to evenly distribute to like they've got four amazing receivers in that offense, and I think Chris Godwin is he might be a guy to trade for, and I think Godwin's a better receiver than Mike Evans, and we've seen Brady pass it to uh, Godwin more to it than Evans, but Antonio Brown he's going to be coming back most likely next week, and same with hopefully Gronkowski. So Mike Evans doesn't show me any promise going into the rest of the season, and again I don't like inconsistent players on in my team. If, if I want a reliable receiver, like I obviously want him in my starting lineup, which why am I talking? I don't know. I have Devontae Smith, my wide receiver two, and Robert Woods as my wide receiver one. So I think Evans is definitely a guy that you should trade away. I disagree. What do you guys think is a good amount of targets on average for a receiver? Red zone targets or regular targets? Regular targets. About a regular game. Targets. How much is it, is, it, is a good amount? Eight. If eight. you're a star player yeah. like Mike Evans, I'd say eight to eleven targets. Okay, he's averaging eight and a half targets a game. So despite like he's having, I agree with you, his inconsistency, the, the boom and bust, right? But he's still averaging a crap ton of targets, right? Yeah. So until that target share starts to be diminished because of Gronkowski, because of Antonio Brown, because of these other players, to me it still shows like I'm always gonna take boom players. That's just me. Like, I'm a swing for the fences type guy, and it's like at the end of the day, it's like. To win games in my fantasy league, it seems like there always has to be like one player that goes off, right? I lost this week because he had Jamar Chase, right? The rest of his team is pretty average, but then Jamar Chase had like 35, 40 points or whatever it was. It was insane. Um, so I like Mike Evans. I, I would keep him around unless, like you're saying, if you can sell him high because he is a big name, because he's on like with Tom Brady, who's having like a historic season at his age, and you can find someone in your league that's willing to give you something good for him, like a you know, running back one or something, you know, then go for it. But I'm, I'm, I'm going to live with the booms and the busts. All right, uh, so we're running low on time, so we should start doing our predictions for tonight's game for Monday Night Football. Me and Rickon have already done each, uh, both the predictions, but we'll recap it. Uh, Rickon, you could go first. Yeah, so I predicted 40-34 to 34 in overtime, uh, and the Saints beat the Seahawks. And I've got a 34-23 victory for the Saints. And I think, and I hope Camaro will break out, and I think this is uh, the Marquise Callaway breakout game this season. I think he will get two long touchdown catches. That's my bold prediction. And now heading on to what I think is the best Thursday night football game and possibly one of the best games that we can ask for all season is Packers versus Cardinals. The Cardinals are undefeated at 7-0 and the Packers have just been the Packers ever since being blown up by the Saints. Aaron Rodgers has gone back to his normal form. Uh, what do you guys think about this game? Before we get to that though, uh, Mr. Anderson, did you have a prediction for Saints versus Seahawks? Sure. Yeah, the Saints, I feel like, are going to win. I feel like it's going to be a blowout. I think it'll be, um, let's throw out, like, 30, 42 to 17. Wow, that's, wow. A big, that's really, that's, <laughs> that's a, a... That's a bigger blow than you expected margin, against yeah. the Manners. Yeah, I know. It's, it's going to get wild over here. And yeah. Thursday night game, we're talking about that, you said? Mm -hmm. Where's the game located? In Arizona. I think the Cardinals would take it. I think it was in uh, Green Bay. The Green Bay would take it, but... 
Cardinals are playing really well. And they're they're I think their defense is crazy underrated, you know, uh, for what they're doing. And the Green Bay Packers line is a little bit beat up. And the Niners were able to take advantage of that. And they were able to find a quick screen game and things like that. But I think that the Cardinals cornerback play and secondary play is stronger than the 49ers. So I think the Cardinals take it. Okay, so I put uh, 42 to 35. I also agree that Cardinals take it over the Packers. Um, I think that although Aaron Rodgers can put up some numbers, like a, like 35 points, I think that in the end, the Cardinals defense will hold through and Kyler Murray can just, I don't know, outperform uh, Aaron Rodgers. I'm always, I'm always the lone guy here. I'm always the one that takes the underdog. And I think, I don't think you should be willing to sleep on Aaron Rodgers. I don't think the Cardinals can stay perfect all season long. And I think this is their toughest opponent of the season. And why would I bet against Aaron Rodgers? Aaron Rodgers has been absolutely spectacular ever since that awful week one against the Saints. Um, I'm going Packers here 27-24, and I think this will be the Cardinals' first loss of the season. Okay, so the last matchup is Sunday night football this week, Cowboys versus Vikings. I have the Cowboys winning 35-28 to because I feel like the Vikings, I just have that notion from last season where the Vikings always choke. And I feel like the Cowboys, maybe they have choked in the past, but I feel like because Dak Prescott's been doing so well, they have really good wide receivers, Zeke not so well, or maybe like recently if fantasy-wise. Um, I think that the Cowboys overall and their great defense, which has been performing really well this season, that was very unexpected. I think they can pull this off against the Vikings. Yeah, I'm going Cowboys. Um, I think Dak's is playing really well. Um, that's really it. I'm all about Dak. And, I mean, you have Trayvon Diggs on the other side of the ball. I think Micah Parsons is playing well coming off the edge. But it's all about Dak, out, you know, outrunning Kirk Cousins. I think this is the first time I've seen a complete Cowboys team ever since, like, 2016 or 2017 when they were 13-3. and three. Um, I think all odds are against Minnesota. I mean, Kirk Cousins in primetime, we clearly know, is not a good combination. And, in fact, it's Halloween. The spooks of primetime coming to Kirk Cousins clearly isn't going against him. Uh, I think the Cowboys are a top five team in the NFL right now, which is crazy to say. And even as an Eagles fan, it pains me to say it. I think the Cowboys are going to keep their hot streak going and have the Cowboys winning 28 to 20. Okay, so again, you can follow us on Instagram. I think I said my <laughs> socials wrong, but you can follow me at underscore Rick underscore in and Lucas at Lucas.quick and the K is with two Ks. Um, you can also email Mr. Anderson, like I said, using your school email. Uh, if you have any questions on anything we discussed, uh, we posted a guest speaker form up if you want to sign up to be a guest speaker like Mr. Anderson. Uh, we also post questions on Instagram if you want to check that out, uh, if you want some, us to discuss something here on the podcast. But other than that, Lucas. Happy Halloween, everyone, because this will be our last podcast until November rolls in, which is crazy for me to say. But last and always, go birds. There goes the bell. Cool, thanks.